35 minutes past four. Now let's get into our wellness corner. We talk coping versus healing. What is the difference and how do you ensure you deal with issues and traumas such that you don't have to repeat a cycle? So this morning we aim to understand the difference, to work through trauma and its effects on us. Sometimes people will be encouraged by those around them to use coping mechanisms which enable them to survive. But once surviving has been achieved, at what point does one undergo a healing journey? Nikki Robotham joining us now who is uh, going to unpack or help us unpack this business leader, author of Seven Steps to Finding Flow and Embrace Your Elegant Power. Always great to have you on the show, Nikki. Thanks for making time again for us this thriving Thursday. How are you? Good, thanks, Sunday. It's great to be here. As we talk of thriving, we talk of healing instead of just coping. But let's make a a differentiation then. What is it between coping and healing? For me, the easiest way to understand it is coping deals with the surface level. We make something go away. It's the easy strategy where we effectively ignore whatever's going on for us, whether it be a trauma that we've processed or, or something that's coming up for us. Whereas healing is... Really, it, it is the uncomfortable route, it's the deeper route, it's the harder route, but the one, it's the one with the biggest payoff for us at the end of the day. Because when we've done the work, that's really, for me, that path to more personal freedom and liberation, where we can thrive, rather than having what I often call the ghost of Christmas past coming back, because that's what's happened when we were dealing with coping strategies, because we never really deal with the root cause. And we often learn the lessons multiple times. What are some of those coping mechanisms that one can run to to make something go away? Um, and, and I'm an expert of lived experience across both of these. I've done, yeah. I've been through, in fact, we've all been through yeah. this in life. It's the school of life. Um, coping mechanisms, that can be anything. It's, but it's, it comes down to whenever the uncomfortable feeling comes up, whether or not it's fear or shame or whatever the, the trauma or whatever you've been through um, relates to, it can't just be even stress. And I mean, I've dealt with that and I had a huge amount of shame around how stress came up for me and how I felt like my body wasn't able to cope with it. It was letting me down. But we can either avoid it, we can keep going. We literally just put the Band-Aid over the surface and people can use a myriad of things, whether it comes down to sort of, you know, what I call substances that we bring into our lives. But most importantly, we literally just ignore it and push it to the side and go, no, I'm not dealing with today. And sometimes we have to do that from a survival perspective. When we're in the midst of something, we can't always let everything come up for us to heal and deal with right now. But the longer we put it off, the more interest it comes back with. Okay, let's take a short break and we'll continue on the point of our Coping mechanisms always negative. Are they always bad? That's what I want to touch on when we come back from this short break uh, with Nikki Robotham. I'll chat on our wellness corner. Talking coping versus healing continues after this. Asanda Beta on SAFM. With Nikki Robotham, founder, uh, business leader, and author of Seven Steps to Finding Flow and Embrace Your Elegant Power. We are. So, what are some of the coping, me- or are there coping mechanisms that are not necessarily bad? Are they all negative? So, we have to move through this life. We've got to get things done. Life won't stop in order for us to go through a healing journey. And I think that's always the balancing act. So, I always say coping mechanisms are your short term, but they're not sustainable. Um, we can't keep putting mm. off 
that that work that we need to do because otherwise it's almost like it keeps sitting there under the layer and under the, the surface as a, a different layer. But the biggest thing is it comes up in all of our interactions. It's almost like something festering beneath the surface going, you need to deal with this, you need to deal with this. And that can then make us very reactive as well rather than being able to respond from a, a less attached place um, with this, whatever the trauma is that we're dealing with or whatever the, the emotion is that's coming up for us, it tends to color all of those emotions. So there can be very many of them, but I think it's moderation as long as they're not impacting your health or someone else. Um, mm. For me, it's a natural part of life. You know, some people say, like, I need that glass of wine at the end of the day. There are alternatives. Maybe go for a walk and actually move that emotion out of your body. But it, it, sometimes we need different things, and that's okay. I don't want anyone to move into shame because they're using something on a, a temporary basis, but it's not sustainable because there's no silver bullet. We can't avoid this. It's almost like what we ignore comes back mm. um, exponentially. So because we can't avoid this, there's a point that we're going to realize that we can't avoid this. So where do we begin when we now realize we need to heal and move on from coping? We need to go deeper as much as that route is harder. Where, where do we start? So I think, I think the biggest question people have to ask for themselves, and this is where I ask people to do it with kindness and empathy and say, what's coming up for me here? What, am, what, what do I need to pay attention to? And often that's the start of what's actually sitting below the surface. But that does take people creating um, some space in order for this to come up. Because we, we often, it, one of our coping mechanisms, our biggest coping mechanism is staying busy. Because if we remain busy, we never have to sit with ourselves and deal with these things. But these reactions and everything that comes up for us as a cycle almost keeps growing. So we have to create that space to ask ourselves that and say, what's the story I'm telling myself right now? And often is just that a story. But we then have to go and do that hard work where we really start to kind of move through this. Um, and it can be, it, it's hard, it's messy often, because sometimes we have to face ourselves. Mm. Because depending on the nature of what we're dealing with, often it's a, an ingrained story that we've been telling ourselves for many years. And maybe it doesn't serve us anymore. How do we know that we have continued or we are still on that journey of healing and we haven't slipped back to those coping mechanisms or the part of our lives where we were coping? Um, I often say that it is a journey. It's almost like you have to peel the layers of the onion back and because you do the work and then it's almost like you have to integrate it and then you do some more work. And I had an example last year where I thought I'd done everything. And then I got to the point where I was like, oh, wait, there's more. Because mm. it was almost like it was coming up and it wasn't as severe, but I could definitely sense it was coming back. It was almost like there was still attachment to that story, but in a slightly lesser, different way. And it was just my signpost to go, okay, maybe we need to go deeper here. And it was incredibly liberating to get to that very centered and aligned space where I just went, okay, I think we're good here. Um, and it was incredibly peaceful. And I think that for me is a gift for anyone to give themselves and life or to get to that point. But it, it is a layering process. There's no silver bullet once off and you're done. We have to go through it and really start to own that. And maybe it's just the story coming up in a different way. And we often find that there's been themes and patterns throughout our lives. 
And your story is a, a very powerful one. I mean, not just because we are women and women sisters are doing it for themselves, but there is, you know, so many life lessons in your stories. We need to definitely uh, share how people can connect with you and get a hold of your books. Quite a, lo- a number of life lessons there for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. And I only share them not because I think that they're important to get out there, but what's been powerful that people have reflected back to me is in sharing my stories. It helps people reflect on their own mm. because our stories are our power. And when we own them and move through and heal them, we get power back in our lives. And thank you for sharing those stories. And also, as you uh, are on social media, sending us reminders every now and again. So how do we connect <laughs> with you? Um, social media is the easiest place at Nikki Robotham on Instagram or through my website. All the links are there, at Nikki, which is NikkiRobotham.com. Thanks again, Nikki. A thriving Thursday to you again. You too. Thanks, Asanda. Nikki Robotham is business leader, author of Seven Steps to Finding Flow and Embrace Your Elegant Power. That's in our wellness corner. It's quarter to four, five, sorry.